on it. He's the most connected man in Washington. WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Kane. 11.06 a.m. every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. If our religious beliefs in the United States of America offend anybody who is a non-believer, I have some advice for them. Leave! Herman Cain, Solutions for a Better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us because we are going to tell you the truth and to give you the facts because we want you to be informed and inspired. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Kane and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Mr. Jamie Dupree. Hey, Herman, welcome back, buddy. Thank you. It is good to be back. What's this affirmative action case that the Supreme Court is going to rehear? What's yeah. that about? Well, this is a case that had already been before the court once on the issue of admissions and race at the University of Texas and is coming back after wending its way back through the lower courts. So this time uh, there certainly could be a, a situation for the U.S. Supreme Court to rule on affirmative action and how it can be used by uh, colleges and universities in higher education. It involves a white woman who tried to get into UT in Austin, in Texas, and was uh, denied that. And uh, there was a, a ruling, I think it was uh, the Supreme Court about two years ago got involved technically and then ordered the lower courts to rehear the case. So it's working its way back up through, and this will be clearly one of the biggest cases before the U.S. Supreme Court in its term that will begin on the first Monday in October. Do you know if the university told her that she wasn't admitted because of quotas slash affirmative action. You know, I don't remember. Like I, I I have to say, I remember covering the case a couple of years ago. I don't remember the particulars of it right, right away right now, uh, but I do remember that it was a big deal in the sense that she felt like she had been denied entry, even though she fulfilled all the requirements and everything, but that there was a quota system that kept her out. I recall another case similar to that, I think, was coming out of Illinois. It might have been in Chicago, where it was a similar case that was filed by a white applicant who was claiming that they were denied because of, quote, affirmative action quotas where they had to fill that, and so she couldn't get in. So that'll be one of the big things that'll be in the fall, starting yeah. the fall. Today we got done with several, uh, the final three cases that the court had on its docket. You know, usually, Herman, they save the real big stuff for last, but they got rid of the, the health law challenge and the one on gay marriage last week. Right. And today the three cases, while all important, were certainly lesser than those two. For one, uh, a loss for the Obama administration when it comes to federal uh, pollution rules. The EPA was told that it must take into account the issue of cost when it decides to regulate power plants and their emissions. This dealt with mercury emissions from power plants. So the EPA has basically been told you cannot put together a rule to cut down on pollution and not think about how much it might cost the power plants involved. So a, a loss there for the Obama administration. Now the ones in that case uh, had to be some of the power companies or the coal companies, and so it was a uh, win Yeah, the for challenge them. was brought by, I think it was 20 or 21 different states, all led right. by Republicans, if I remember correctly, and a number of industry groups on that, yes. Well, that's a little bit of good news coming out of 
the Supreme Court. Then the two other cases today, real quick, there was one on lethal injection and executions. The court ruled that one drug that had been disputed as part of some botched executions that we've had in the last year or so, that Oklahoma and other states are okay to go ahead and use this drug in their mixture for lethal injection. Uh, the court ruling that it does not violate the Eighth Amendment ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Also, the other 5-4 decision today, and this is sort of a mixed one. Some people say it's a, a win for the Democrats. Some people say it's a win for the Republicans. I sort of look at it as maybe a bit more for the Democrats. This says that states, it's okay for voters to approve independent commissions that would then be in charge of redistricting and drawing the boundary lines for congressional and legislative districts. The state of Arizona, the state legislature, had sued after the voters there had set up an independent panel. The Republicans in the state legislature basically said, hey, we won control. We should get the right to draw the district lines. But the voters in that state had set up an independent commission, and the uh, Supreme Court said that is okay. Ah. Now, in the case of Arizona, that meant that the, somebody had to launch a campaign to get it on the ballot yes ah uh, and so the and so those kind of independent commissions on drawing the boundary lines seem more likely to be done by democrats and sort of good government leaning uh, liberal type of groups rather than republicans i guess it just it, it depends really on who controls the levers of power in a state if you're in a state like maryland where the republicans have struggled for years the republicans might want to undertake a challenge like that but in other states where democrats have not been in charge or are not in charge then they would be the ones to push those sorts of independent commissions. In the case of Arizona, who would determine the members of that commission? Uh, you know, I don't know the specifics okay. of that ballot initiative, but I assume that they have to be appointed by different groups or, you know, different parts of the, uh, of the government. That's interesting. Going back to the uh, EPA situation, uh, I know that they were supposed to issue a bunch of rulings that were going to impose some new requirements on particularly uh, coal companies or coal-fired uh, energy uh, electricity plants is this what that's related to well, this is one of the I don't know if that's exactly what you're referring to but this was about mercury emissions that would come from coal and oil fired power plants yes got it uh, on the uh, on the um, Obamacare thing the fact that they redefined states to include the federal government has anyone raised the issue of it tramples on the 10th Amendment to the Constitution? Now, the 10th Amendment is, uh, I, I'm, I've uh, always put this out. I've, I challenge anybody to show me when the last time was the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on a case using either the 9th Amendment or the 10th Amendment. I mean, I, I don't know when it was. I'm sure it, it'd be easy to find on Google, but I have never, haven't been able to find when the last time it was. The 10th Amendment, I don't remember in the entire time that I've been covering Supreme Court rulings since the late 80s, ever see the court use the 10th Amendment in a case. Which means that they are somewhat ignoring states' rights. Uh, you could, uh, I mean, obviously, critics of, uh, of the Supreme Court on a number of fronts, Democrats and Republicans would argue on that. It just depends on the case that they've lost and what it's about. Yeah, but again, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments are almost invisible when it comes to arguments before the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't understand that because the language is clearer in that amendment than it is in a lot of the others, but yet that wasn't even taken into account. Um, the same-sex marriage thing, there's a lot of continued... Uh, discussion about that, and I think that the next battle, battle line is going to be about what well, do you force religious institutions to basically 
adhere to this civil ruling. Well, you know, when you get down to it, churches, I would think, cannot be forced to marry people if they don't meet certain requirements of that church. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know people who got married in the Catholic Church, and, you know, you've got to go through a strict process to get to that point. You can't just sort of bust in there and say, I want to get married here. A church, in that sense, is not a public accommodation. But if a church, whether it doesn't matter what denomination, has a say a hall that they rent out for to the public for events you know maybe for receptions or parties or something like that that could be considered a public accommodation because it is being rented out to members of the public you don't have to be just in the church and so when it comes down to this issue of religious freedom i mean i would say that probably ministers and 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 religions will not be able to be forced to marry people. But again, if you have something that's in the public realm, if you are a baker or you are a florist, you know, uh, uh, again, if, if, you, if you say, well, I don't want to serve them because they are a gay couple, just replace the word gay with black. I don't want to serve them because they are a black couple. Well, you can't do that. That's, you know, that's not allowed. So I, I would think that it's probably an uphill fight for some uh, uh, arguments on this vis-a-vis companies that deal with flowers, you know, baked goods and more, uh, and public accommodations for renting out halls and things like that. But I, I do think that uh, you're going to see a lot of Republicans take up the banner of religious freedom and uh, and talk a lot about this in the weeks and months ahead. And uh, heck, we're having a, a fight over it right now in the state of Texas, where the Texas Attorney General has said that he thinks that government employees, based on their personal religious beliefs, can deny marriage licenses or can refuse to uh, to uh, officiate over same-sex weddings if they're county clerks or judges. That seems like that'll have to be uh, dealt with by uh, maybe the U.S. Supreme Court in coming weeks and uh, months as well. Here we go with some more lawsuits. Now, the the uh, comparison that you made about replacing the word with black, I take issue with that because that's not a religious consideration. That is just a, that's a dis- consideration relative to skin color. But when you're talking about, uh, you know, marriage relative to something that goes against your religious freedom, I think that that's two different things. For example, the case that was up in New York where a family, a couple was fined because they do have weddings there, but they didn't want to allow to have a gay wedding there. Yeah, well, that's a public accommodation. You, you can't, uh, I mean, uh, I would think that sooner or later uh, the Supreme Court will be asked to get involved, and it would just seem from basic kind of discrimination law and rulings that if it is a public accommodation, you're not going to be able to pick and choose who you can serve and who you know it's like saying well you can come in and you can rent out my hall if you're okay but if you're not okay I'm not going to allow you to rent it out you know that's it. I think that gets into sort of tricky legal ground but we'll have to see what happens in the in the months ahead I think in the months ahead we're going to see more and more lawsuits in 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 an effort to try to sort through those things that kind of in the middle of this because it's not exactly black and white in all instances. Well, remember, public accommodations is a pretty basic thing. If you're a private group, I mean, you can have a private club that keeps out women. That, uh, you know, I mean, that's legitimate. We have, uh, there's a very high-profile golf club in the D.C. area that uh, is men only. You know, so it's private, you can do that. But once you get into a public accommodation and you start selling products or renting out a public hall or something like that, then the laws tend to get a bit more tricky 
and uh, a bit more complicated. Uh, you reminded me of the situation with Augusta National Golf Club because they didn't have uh, women members for a long time, but it wasn't because they were discriminating against them. They just didn't have any. But now they have some, and they end up with big protests against them. Sure. And, and again, I, I think that we may see some of these cases come up but remember the blowback that occurred just in Arkansas and Indiana recently. And I think the outcome, if I remember correctly, of what happened there was there were actually protections for gay people that were enacted, if I remember correctly, by the state legislature, at least in Indiana, that uh, would not allow, uh, that would not allow, at least to my understanding, a florist or a baker to deny services, even if they didn't like who they were try uh, having to sell something to. When the Supreme Court ruling was issued last week and they showed some of the shots of the people outside of the Supreme Court, answer this for me. What does the Q stand for in LGBTQ? Um, you know, I don't know. I, ca I can't get a solid answer from anybody. I didn't even know what, there was a Q. Well, there was a sign that had a Q. I've seen some articles where they had LGBTQ. I finally figured out the LG to be in the T, then they added the Q. So I don't know what the Q stands for yet. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Q so stands what? for questioning someone who is questioning their sexual and or gender orientation. That's what it stands for, Shane, to be that's questioning. What, that's what Google says. So. Not, okay. not that I'm questioning, but, but that's yeah. what the Q stands for. Well, you know, that to me is a problem. You've got all those options and you're still not sure. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you tomorrow, Herman. You're listening to the Herman Cain Show. Breaking news, experience, and insight. Herman Cain brings it to you every day, every day. on the radio and at HermanCain.com. Questioning? Really? <laughs> is there an all of the above? <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.